The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable. And I'm back, and I'm Abby Richmond. Welcome back, Abby. Today, we're talking about suicide. Before we get started, please, 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 if you have not already subscribed and rated this show, do so. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, you name it. We're probably on it. Hit that subscribe button and give us a shout out. Are we on Spotify? Despite my many attempts to get on Spotify, they apparently do not deem us worthy enough to be on their application. That's lame. Boycott Spotify. Spot- Just kidding. Spotify, if you're listening, put us on. We're good people. We make a good show. Yeah. All right. As I stated before, we are talking about suicide today. The reason that this is coming up right now, if you've been paying attention to the news, suicide is a major topic. In fact, the Centers of Disease Control released a study within the last few weeks that the suicide rate in the United States has jumped 30% since the year 2000. And frankly, that's disturbing. That's kind of scary. Not even kind of. That's really scary. Unfortunately, and we'll get into this more, this is something we're seeing amongst our peers Amongst our friends and our neighbors, this is truly becoming a crisis in this country. That statistic isn't one of the ones that I'm surprised by because it definitely is something that we see here. In our small little closed off town, we see this. And so I definitely, I can get on board with that statistic. I as well. It's apparent. This study that the CDC did had some other findings that were also disturbing. Another one that they found was suicide has now become the second leading cause of death between the ages of 10 and 34. I mean, that's above all kinds of things that you would typically expect someone between 10 to 34 to die from. Honestly, you would hope no one would die between those ages, but suicide, as I said, has jumped to second. 10-year-olds doing this? Unfortunately, this has swept our nation so significantly that, yeah, even down to age 10, 11, 12. I mean, think how much you have to live for at that age and you're deciding to make that choice. It's rather unfortunate. It was also found that teenage girl suicide has tripled since 2000. Being a teacher dealing with teenagers all the time, that's incredibly crushing that that's happening. That just breaks my heart. It's sad, yeah. Hmm. Okay. This is upsetting my co-host. This is upsetting me. This is tough to talk about, but it's something that's happening to our nation that needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed. We need to beat the stigma down around suicide. Another finding was that more than half of those that committed suicide in this study between 2000 and 2016, more than half of them had no mental health diagnosis. And that is absolutely terrifying. I think that a lot of people just assume like if you've committed suicide, they were depressed, but that's definitely not true. So many people are dealing with things that are over my head that, you know, you don't ever know about. Sure. And even if they are depressed, I mean, how many people go and get diagnosed and how many people sit there and deal with it and think they can handle it? And then it spirals and then they're up against that choice. It's one of those things where you are right now listening to this surrounded by people that you think are strong and confident and secure who are fighting these demons that you have no idea about. And we've talked about this before in the past. There are stigmas and judgments associated with admitting those things and going and getting the help you need. People are just fighting these battles alone. And that, I think, 
think is contributing to this, and we'll discuss more of the reasons why later. But yeah, that's disheartening that less than half of the suicides that were counted, people had consulted or made their mental illnesses known. Is it because that they aren't talking to their doctors or whatever about their mental health and that's why they aren't reported? I guess we wouldn't know. I think that's mostly it. Unless they have been to a doctor and have been recorded as having a mental health issue, then obviously there's no accounting of that. So that would go into that more than half of people that weren't listed as having a mental health issue that went ahead and committed suicide. Right. Okay. The last finding of this study, or there are a lot of findings, but the last one I want to mention, the suicide rate typically between men and women, there's usually a big divide between there. Typically, men are more likely to commit suicide than women are. Unfortunately, what the study has shown that in the last 16 years or so, that the rates between male and female suicide have begun to equalize. And unfortunately, that's not because males are killing themselves less. It's because women are killing themselves more at such an alarming rate that now those rates between the genders are almost equal. What to take away from this study is pretty much suicide has jumped in almost every age group amongst male and females, but specifically females, it's growing at a very rapid pace. Was the male rate higher because more was expected of them? Like they were the breadwinners and they were in charge of more than just running the house. Not that that's a small feat. There are a lot of reasons to explain why the rate is different typically between the genders. Some of it goes back to like the psychology associated with a male and a female, where female typically are a little more empathetic and realize that, hey, if I do this, that's going to be really selfish and I have kids yeah. to take care of and that type of thing where males are a little more erratic. And like you said, the breadwinner thing, all of that plays into that. There are reasons for that difference, except now we're past that point where those things are starting to become equal. I mean, all of this is just truly depressing. Why is this happening? We can get into that. But just the fact that over 16 years, it has been just an absolute explosion where now it's the second leading cause of death amongst people our age. I've had some heart to hearts and some real talk conversations with people that have said that like the only reason that they're not committing suicide is because of the wake it would leave behind them. Yeah. I don't want to say I think about that all the time, but no, yeah. anytime that has crossed my mind of like, hey, what would happen if I kill myself? I just realize all the people that would be devastated and upset. I'm going to say I'm going to ruin lives by taking my own, but legitimately that would screw some people up. I can't in good conscience handle that, at least in my right mind. So I totally get that. If that's the only reason for you not killing yourself though, that says a lot. That's crazy. Also about the person that they're so empathetic that like they will go deal with this hard times and these stressors and whatever else is happening in their lives just so that the people around them don't have to have a hard time themselves. Ugh, heavy, deep, unfortunate things. The second prong of why we decided to talk about suicide this week is what I perceive, and I think a lot of people perceive, as the increase of high-profile suicides. Not even two weeks ago before we recorded this, we had two days back-to-back where some high-profile celebrities killed themselves. Kate Moss was one day and Anthony Bourdain was the second day. Obviously, people kill themselves all of the time, but when you have high-profile names like that and the news is reporting it and you're hearing about it day in and day out, that's unfortunate. And not even a couple months before that, we had Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park and Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. And before that, Robin Williams. And you're having these people that have large impacts that have won the hearts of thousands and millions of people taking their life. And 
personally, that's hard for me. That Anthony Bourdain one messed me up. I watch Anthony Bourdain. I love his show. That guy had an awesome life. He's a cool dude. Travels everywhere. Eats all these foods. Just gets along with people. I had read about him. He's an introverted dude that puts himself out there. I can relate to that. I think he has it all. Wake up one morning. He's killed himself. That's demoralizing. If that guy can't live in this world, like what am I doing? Why am I even attempting to when perception-wise he has it all? I know better. I know he doesn't. He had demons he was fighting, but still, that messes people up. That's rough to think about that it can happen to your heroes. Yeah, because we put those people on such a pedestal that we think that they've got everything figured out and that because they're so successful in the world that they have something that we don't, that they know something that we don't, that they can handle things. And then you see that they aren't handling it. And I think that it just kind of is a huge shock that what we perceive isn't necessarily always true. And that, you know, these people that are famous are still real people like everyone else. How do you feel about news, uh, news stations covering suicides in the manner they do? Do you think it's a negative for society or what are your thoughts on that? I think that they don't focus a lot on how to prevent these things or what to do if you see these signs. Don't think they focus on what could have been done. I think they just focus on, hey, this happened. Other spinoffs go like, well, maybe it's a maybe it's a hoax. They don't focus on like, hey, this is real. This is happening. This is a problem in our country that we need to solve. They just kind of like gossip and they treat it more like gossip than a platform to stand on for change. I'm always torn on the coverage as far as whether the news should cover it as much as it does, because I think there is a mental health component to that for everyone else. If you hear a lot of people or hear about a lot of people committing suicide, that gets in your head and that can cause a lot of hard feelings for yourself. In fact, they reported that in the days following Kate Spades and Anthony Bourdain's suicide, the calls into the suicide prevention line, 1-800-273-8255, went up 25% in the days following. Are you serious? I'm serious, yeah. That's insane. These high-profile suicides, like it or not, or I don't know what this says about our culture, but it has an impact on everyone else. And I'm not saying, like, shame on those people for killing themselves. It was selfish. I'm not saying that at all, but it does. Reporting this and hearing these things, it has an impact on the rest of civilization. Yeah, like, if someone that you look up to so much can't do it, if they can't do it, I'm sure as heck not going to be able to either, so what's the point? I remember a lot of people struggling after Robin Williams committed suicide. I mean, everyone knew who he was. He was a jovial, happy, go lucky, exciting, funny guy. And that just rocked people's worlds. They yeah. had no idea how to process that because he seemed so secure and sure of himself. And I mean, it goes back to that scary thing of you don't know what people are going through. Social media had a huge influx of people wanting to care for each other and saying that, like, you know, the happy people sometimes are struggling the most. And I think that that was one that I think people definitely wanted to act upon. They wanted change. And I think that. That particular circumstance was at least kind of positive in as many ways as it could have been. No doubt. After these happen, there's definitely a push for mental health awareness and those type of things. But unfortunately, it lasts for about a news cycle, a day or two, and then we just go back to our lives. I mean, even here when our town gets rocked by 
someone who committed suicide, the first couple of days, people will want to be there for each other. They'll want to change something. They'll want to fix the way that our counseling system is working. They'll want something different. And then maybe like a week or two later, they're back to being their rude selves, being bullies to those who don't need it. They're back to not supporting the community like we need it. And then another suicide hits just about the time that we realize things are getting bad again. And that's unfortunately too true. I was just thinking about the difference between my adolescence and right now. And through my, I don't know, we'll say seven years from middle school to high school, I knew of no one that had committed suicide. No one. And then I become a teacher. And then now I've taught for seven years. So that same amount of time. And I can count probably seven or eight current students or former students that have killed themselves. That's the influx right there. It seems that it's becoming more and more prevalent. And like you said, it rocks the community. And then just enough time passes. And then there's another one. It's almost you yeah. can time it now. Yeah. I mean, since I've been in eighth grade, every year in school, someone has someone has killed themselves. And it is so hard as someone who does struggle to see that even like friends and peers that have committed suicide or that have attempted it and people like have the audacity to make fun of them, especially those that like have attempted it and wound up in the hospital instead of dying. Wow, you can't even kill yourself. Can you do anything right? That is something that people have said and I don't understand this person's life could have ended and you're sitting here criticizing the fact that they can't. And this gets into things that we've talked about many times with mental health and even a couple weeks ago when we talked about 13 reasons why there's a stigma around it. If you're having those feelings or you are in a pit of despair, you can't really talk about it. It's laughed at, it's mocked, we belittle it. And then we all hug each other and post Facebook prayers when someone kills themselves. It's a really disturbing pattern. There's like a structural change that needs to happen. It's not just, hey, let's get an extra counselor. That's not going to fix this. It's, right. it's society. It is things that are even deeper than us that we could ever even shake a stick at. It is some deep-seated things. I can't do anything about that. Like I can love people and support them and not be part of that belittling, making fun of people that try to kill themselves thing. But what can you do with that? After something like that happens, you think of all the interactions that you had with that person and with everybody else of like, wow, I could have come off as completely terrible if they're already struggling with other things. And it just, it makes me think of all of the things that I could have been doing differently, even though like I already try so much just to be a decent person. I think of all of the interactions that I have that could have been taken the wrong way. The most recent one that we had dealt with, that's exactly all I could think about was what could I have done different? And I think yeah. that every time, even ones that are so peripheral of, oh, this kid took my class for one day and then dropped, always what you're thinking about is what could you have done different? And is that on you as an individual? No, not at all. That is not your battle, but still, that's your second thought. And that's what we're facing. That's what we've been exposed to. No doubt. And unfortunately, it's happening so frequently that it's becoming normalized. And that's the worst place you can be in where yeah. that's just you're like, oh, another one. Yeah. The natural question to ask following all of that information is why? Why is this happening? Why is this exploding? Why are people feeling like this is the only option for them? And we had a whole episode about mental health. And if you want, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. That all encapsulates a good portion of why people are choosing to end their lives. But there are other reasons. A reason that the CDC specifically cited was the Great Recession, which is a little bit before my co-host's time. But was that 2008? 2008, yeah. the, the market pretty much crashed and people had lost a lot of money. And unfortunately, yes, we have rebounded from that, but not everyone has. There's still a lot of people that don't have their retirement built back up or can't 
can't find a job despite having a college degree. And we talk about these things all the time, but things got better, but not for everybody. And that is a big stressor. Money and not being able to support a family, not being able to pay your bills or pay your mortgage. There's frankly not a whole lot of things more stressful than that in life. And that apparently has caused a rise, especially in middle-aged people and even some older millennials that have got out there and be like, I have no job. I have no family. Why? Why am I here? What's the point? When that realization hits you of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have anything going for me. It's kind of just pointless. Yeah. And it's really easy to start viewing that your life is pointless. I mean, even when you have things, you can have a, a lovely family and a job. But if you're not passionate about something in life, your whole existence, is there's no point to it. Yeah. Another reason why suicide rate has jumped is the opioid crisis that has hit America. A lot of times it is counted in the suicide rate when someone ODs on heroin or fentanyl or any of these drugs that they're taking, which you could argue is not an intentional suicide, but at the same time, you're knowingly using a very potent drug. And if you take too much, it will kill you. So I mean, by all definitions, that technically counts in that number. And as we've seen increases in that, uh, the suicide rate has obviously risen. I'm obviously out of this realm, thank goodness. But is there opioid abuse that you see? What exactly is an opioid? An opioid is a drug class that includes heroin and synthetic heroines and fentanyl and oxycotton, oxycodone, morphine. I've only interacted with one person that has like experienced doing heroin and they are a rough person and not a fan. But other than that, like, it's not uncommon to be at a party and listening to someone say, like, they're on oxys or that they got addicted to oxys and it messed their life up and so they're on their way trying to build back from that. That's a thing that I've definitely encountered. Yeah, and like I said, my peers aren't doing heroin or Oxycontin as far as I know, but as an educator, there are rumblings that kids aren't using marijuana so much anymore. Now they're dabbling in the pills and whatnot, so that is always a concern. We are lucky enough where that hasn't truly wiped out our community like it has in some of the eastern states, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. We're a little behind on everything. I could see that becoming an issue here in the next few years, unfortunately. Wow, I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, we usually are just a couple steps behind everybody else and that definitely could happen. So those are some of the reasons why they think the rate has increased and to the CDC's credit, they laid out initiatives and ideas that could reduce this swell in suicides. Unfortunately, it's going to take public funding. It's going to take the government caring and stepping in. It's going to take communities rallying around and making sure everyone's okay and their needs are addressed. And unfortunately, people don't like to do that stuff. Those are big initiatives that a good part of the country is going to be like, no, I don't care if people are killing themselves. Like it doesn't affect me, so. Right. And if this rise keeps happening, if we grow another 30% in the next 16 years, that's going to affect every single one of us. Yeah. There's going to be issues with filling jobs and the birth rate. And it's, it's really going to start affecting society if we can't get this under control. That is a lot of people every year that are taking their lives, especially young people. Okay, so we've talked about what's happening. We've talked about briefly why it's happening. What we would like to dedicate the rest of this podcast to are things that you should be looking out for in others as well as yourself, because this is a big deal, folks. This is a serious affliction that is happening to this country, and I don't want any of my peers or anyone listening to this to fall 
to that fate. At no point should you feel that that is your only option, that killing yourself is the way to go. What I have here and what I'll list out quickly are the warning signs. If you personally are feeling any of these things or you know someone is going through based on what they say to you, you need to step up and you need to do something either for yourself or for other people. I know that's easier said than done, but nonetheless, here's the list. If you are feeling like a burden, isolating yourself, have increased anxiety, you feel trapped, you have increased anger and rage, your moods are swinging, you feel hopeless, you're sleeping too much or too little, talk about wanting to die, or you are actually thinking about making plans to end your life. Those are all red flags of suicide. You may be suicidal or have suicidal tendencies. And as I read that list, my God, Sometimes I check those boxes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here while he's reading those off thinking like, how many times have I struggled with more than like four of those? And that's unfortunate to hear you say that. And I feel bad that I think those things or experience those things. Like, my God, my mood swings constantly. I'm not saying that, oh, I'm going to go kill myself. But I mean, if I don't address some of those things or worry about my own mental health, that that's an option that goes for most everybody. We can all get in those places where we feel like a burden or isolated or hopeless. That's just part of the human experience. It's how you deal with those things. So what do we do with those things? Well, what you can do, if you're experiencing those things, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. There are resources. There's the hotline, 1-800-273-8255. I know that number's brandied about everywhere, but that is specifically there for someone to talk to. If you need to use that resource, do it. Don't feel like you're a burden for calling them because that's what they're there for. I think that I personally, personally struggle with. I don't want to ask anyone for help because I know that then they're going to have to try and take on my problems as well. And I don't want to put that on anyone else because if I can't handle it, I don't know if they're going to be able to either. So like, I'll just deal with it myself. And so that's what that hotline is there for. That's what the people working there are trained to be able to handle. That's what they're there for. Definitely 112,000% use it. You don't even have to be like on the edge of a bridge to call these people. If you're sitting in your room and you feel, you know, it's not worth it and you don't know what else to do, call them. Right. That's spot on. And if you're not comfortable calling a phone line like that, find someone. You may feel like the biggest burden. And like you said, I don't want to put my problems on anyone else. But if you're truly in that place and you are around anyone that gives a crap about you, they're immediately going to take care of you. That is human nature. And they may be going through their own things, but no one wants to see someone they love or even know take this route. I promise you they will be more than willing, unless you are just around terrible people, to take up your cause and get you some help or at least talk you through these things. So there are resources out there, and I know that's hard. If you are truly in that place of despair, no part of that sounds appealing. Yeah. The number of times that like I've just gotten a text that says I need to talk. I will sit in a car in a parking lot with you for hours on end just to be someone to listen. I would do that in a heartbeat for anyone. There are people out there that care about you that I'm sure would be willing to do just the same. Teachers specifically, I mean, that's our job. We care about kids. There's always resources. Or if you're involved in a church, again, that's a support system. Go get help there. Or if you have a mentor or your grandparents or anybody, people care about you. And there are thousands of places to go look for help if you're feeling any of those warning signs that we listed. Yeah. Also with that, what you can do, if there is someone in your life that you think is struggling, honestly, it's at the point where we need to, as friends and family, we need to step up and address these things. And I think a lot of this is people are scared to do. If I know that you're struggling, that makes me anxious to be like, 
should I ask her about mm, that? Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to do. But honestly, that may be the thing that spares that individual. So what they're promoting, what I've seen lately is if you think someone's thinking about it, ask them about it. And don't be hesitant to use the word. Be like, are you thinking about suicide? I mean, it's as simple as that. And I know that's hard. Like I said, maybe you feel anxious just even saying it on the air here. Yeah. But those conversations, we need to take the stigma out of that. We need to be comfortable talking about it. Step two, besides asking, is be there for that person. Don't just be like, hey, you good, dude? Yeah, I'm good. And then roll out. Do you truly think there's something going on? Be in contact with them. Text them. Snapchat them. Don't obviously be overbearing, but be involved in their life and be a friend. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And then the final step on that is follow up with them. If it's been a couple days, ask them again or just see how they're feeling. See if they got the support or were able to come out of the mindset that they were in. Like I said, that can be hard, but if it's the difference between having an awkward conversation with your co-host or losing that person, I'm going to have that awkward conversation, even though it's probably the most awkward thing you can do. I've been in the counselor's office talking to my counselor about someone that I was worried about. And one of the things that like she suggested that I do is skip everything that is tiptoeing around this situation, like you said, and just like, hey, do you have a plan? Do you already know how you're going to kill yourself. Don't ease into it if you know that like this person is struggling. Get there because you don't know how much time you have left. Absolutely. You may have an hour or a day and it's sad to think in those terms, but if you're it in the last line of defense, like you got to step up and take care of these people because if you have decided to kill yourself, you are not in a good place. You are not in your right mind. And I know some people will argue that, get on me for my semantics and words there, but I don't know how else to say it. You, You aren't making rational decisions because as bad as life may seem, life, not to sound preachy, is a gift. It is cool to be alive. There's so many human experiences that should be experienced. Especially as a teenager that you haven't had the opportunity to even get to yet. Right. You haven't had a job. You don't have a family. You are 15 16, 17 years old, and that's your option, that's your choice you're making, you are forsaking so much that you will never get to. Yeah. And that's just an absolute bummer. We've got to do something about that. After my um, experience in urgent care recently, I have this idea. So I think that there should be an urgent care just specifically for mental health that someone can go to to maybe sit in a sun therapy room or they can walk and talk with a counselor because like sometimes people aren't getting the exercise they need or I don't know you can go into a a breaking room have you heard about those I have not you get to like put on this suit and take a baseball bat into a room and just like break glass or like old tvs and things like that to de-stress in a safe environment and so I think that if you are in between oh well I can go to the doctor and take medication or actually physically about to commit suicide there can be this in between of this urgent mental health care provider place I think that would just be the absolute greatest thing to have that is a great idea and sadly where you need those most right now are probably public schools. You need one of those at a high school where kids can go get some help. It's a hard place to be right now in society is to be a teenager or a young person even. That's a great idea. We need some urgent mental health care facilities in our lives. And on that, we will wrap this rather depressing podcast up. Uh, I just want to remind everyone one more time, if you are struggling, please call 1-800-273-8255. Get the help you need. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Call Abby. Call me. Do something. It is not worth losing your life just because you are in a bad place or feel hopeless. There's always... There's always something. Absolutely. 
All right, my dude, you got a song pick of the week for us? All right, so I've been jamming to Mayday Parade's new album, Sunnyland, and I have to like have my phone here because it's one of the classic Mayday Parade long freaking title songs. And so it's called, It's Hard to Be Religious When Certain People Are Never Incinerated by Bolts of Lightning. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. Would recommend. What about you? <laughs> My song pick of the week is by an emerging artist named Amy Shark, which I think is a dope name, and she's kind of alternative, and the song I'd recommend is I Said Hi, and that is my bop, my super bop jam <laughs> right now. I cannot quit listening to that. I'll check it out. All right, folks, thank you for joining us this week. Please check us out next week for, hopefully, if it all goes as planned, a rather dope 23rd episode. I'm pumped, so you should be extra pumped. Please check us out. Share this with your friends. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay egg-tastic. <laughs>